Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough, or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new, and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAST Creator Network. All right, cuties, today on Our Private Bits, Tyler and I will be talking about our relationship with drag as we discovered who we were within our queerness. Want to say hi, babe? Oh, hey, everyone. Oh, my goodness. I feel like this is like, I- I'm actually very excited for this episode. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I-, I-, I think, like, I love seeing the way that you just, like, shine when you perform and you do, you know, do your drag. And I don't know, I I think it's like, it's this whole other part of you that I only get to see really like when you're performing. So I'm excited to talk about drag and, and sort of our, our, our relationships with it, because I think like you and I have very different experiences. Totally. Um, but I think to start, like, what was the first time that you did drag? And like, what was that like for you? First time that I did drag was probably when I was 15, was snuck out of my house. Um, I, prior to this, I had met a few people also from sneaking out of my house um, at, a, uh, at a gay bar downtown in Toronto. Okay. And um, that was the first time I saw a drag show. And both Where was we- that? <laughs> Is that cruise and tangos, but like the original cruise and tangos. When you could actually get an underage. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah, just the, the owner and stuff was awesome back then. And it was before like the mural was painted on the uh, the side of the building. And just when w- I was at cruise and tangos, when Church Street in Toronto was still Church Street, it was very much the bubble and mm-hmm. it was awesome. So uh, I was sneaking in. I thought I had like the best fake ID. Didn't look at like uh, the person at all. Um, but anyways, we uh, sneak in and I was, I saw uh, both drag queens and drag kings for the first time and just kind of like enthralled with that. That was actually the first night that I, one of the first nights that I, I met my like longtime best friend. Um, anyways. So I, the next night I was like, Oh, they had, or they had drag king nights every Friday or Thursday okay. or, or whatever. And I was like, okay. So I went, you know, I prepared all week, you know, I had a mohawk at the time. I shaved the sides of my head, chopped up the hair, got spirit gum, glued it on. You use your own hair to yes. make your facial hair. Yes. I mean, that's kind of genius. It is genius. 
Yeah, I like <laughs> like cut off, like shaved the sides of my mohawk, cut up them like super fine and thin, and then like glued them onto my face. Fifteen full sideburns and a little flavor saver. You know, <laughs> definitely wasn't fooling anybody. But then I literally took I took the subway from Etobicoke all the way to Toronto and then walked down. I was feeling my oats, but I was like, I was hot shit with some fake facial hair glued on me. Did you just like feel so masculine? Yeah, like that's I why? Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is what it feels like to be a man. Like just like 15 going on 35. <laughs> and like at that moment too, like you were still, like were you, you hadn't started to eat I testosterone. I had yet. not started yeah. taking testosterone. So you were like starting your transition, yeah. but you weren't, yeah, 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 you weren't on testosterone. Yet, yeah. So, and um, yeah, so I went downtown and uh, yeah, lip sync. And what song? Do you time. remember what song you did for your Stacey's first? Stacy's mom. That was your first song. Stacy's mom, it's got it going on. <laughs> I was 15. What more do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stacy's mom. It's just so you as a song. <laughs> I'm like, of course it was Stacy's mom. 100%. Oh my god, yeah, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy's mom. I love that song also. Yeah. Yeah. Stacey's mom had it going, got it going. Euro Trip so. is my favorite movie as a kid that I would jerk off to. So, uh, yeah. I just, well, that also doesn't surprise me. I feel like you would jerk off to Pokemon if you had the chance. Well, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was my first time. Uh, I met some queens and they had like an open stage and uh, did Stacey's mom. And I met my longtime good, uh, good friend at that moment. And um, how we met was um, Brian. Uh, I'll, I'll use their name anyways. Brian. Um, literally picked me up by the front of my shirt. Okay. Like Brian's like a little taller than me, bigger stocky dude, like just, uh, whatever worked in security and like literally Brian, like stone cold look on his face, grabbed me by the collar of my shirt, like grabbed my shirt, picked me up, threw me into a bathroom, which was like the stall. And he was like, if anybody comes in here and the cops ask if there's any underage, you go out the back door and I've never met you in my life. And then like, <laughs> like scared the shit out of me. Uh, so bad. And then, yeah, we just became best friends. That's so, cool. so, okay. But also like, were you not nervous to like dance and perform this song in front of no, everyone for the first I, time? Like, no, I like ever since I was young, I was kind of like, dancing in front of the mirror to Michael Jackson, like okay, always in my underwear, like just, you know, even like super young to like every time I guess song or like on the Disney movie came on, like I would always just like dance around. I was always dancing. Huh? Yeah. That's so interesting. So, Okay, so we did Stacy's mom. What did you wear? What was the outfit? Do you remember? I can't honestly. I can't remember. No, I, I want to say it was probably like a like a like a plaid button up shirt and like mm-hmm. jeans or like some kind of like button up shirt. I think. Okay. Okay. I can't remember. Did you did you have to like bind at the time? Um, I I was bound. I didn't have much of a chest, so I think it was just binding with like by wearing like two really like smaller like smaller sports bras. Okay. Yeah. And for those who just like don't know what binding is, can you just like explain that a bit? Yeah, binding is just the act of um, either using uh, before a lot of trans guys were using um, um, those tensor bandages. Yes. Yeah, the tensor bandages, and and you were 
binding or doing the active binding is, is basically flattening your chest with this tensor bandage by by doing it fairly tight and, and creating like more of a flat uh, flat surface. Now there's bind uh, now there's actual binders which mm-hmm. are like almost um, compression vests, okay. but they've like made them awesome. Like they're like super thin and yes, they're, very, they're still uncomfortable to wear, but. It's great. It's come a long way. Are they safer? Like, cause I know that there's a lot of, like, I don't think it, they're, I think they're a yeah. little bit safer than tensor bandages, tensor bandages. Uh, man, there's a lot of trans guys that ended up breaking ribs and, you know, if you want to be bound the whole day, like it's not, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You're just compressing everything within your chest. You're not getting your full breasts in and stuff. And okay. there's definitely safer ways to, to bind and just to be very mindful that when you are in a safe space and, and can take off a binder or not use your tensor band, to do so i know it's going to cause more dysphoria body wise Mm -hmm. but you got to give your your body a chance to breathe okay so that that just actually like triggered a question for me so after that first moment of you doing drag and then like you know you come home you take off you know your coming home your your hair okay all right well let's jump jump back to that you now have to take like off the drag you know like did you feel like a sense of dysphoria like in that sort of moment like honestly i haven't really this is gonna sound so weird i think but i I haven't really been body dysphoric in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um other than when my chest started developing that was the only thing that kind of really threw me off so like coming home um and like getting out of drag i was still on such a high of being like I like I had such a great time and I think just the high of being like man this is what I could look like or this is this is who I see in a mirror was just so prevalent for me that I I I didn't feel the dysphoria after hmm. I think I was still living on the high of being like oh my god I can't wait to do it again Okay, but now going back. So what happened when you went home? Did you get oh my caught? God. So first of all, I lied, obviously, of what I was doing that night of my yeah. friend's house. And then um, I was having a good time, forgot that the sub, like the last subway. So I ended up having to get on the, like the vomit comet oh, of a bus. No. Right. And then now I'm like running, like not, now I'm not getting home at like, you know, one or two o'clock in the morning. I'm like 15, like trying to sneak back out of the basement at like 4 a.m. <laughs> Jesus. Did you, did you, did they catch you? I don't know. Mom, did you catch me? I don't know. Ask my mom. Okay. Good to know. My mom definitely caught me smoking pot in the basement though once. Okay. That's too funny. Oh, that's so interesting. So like, so for me, it's interesting because like as someone who has always wanted to express my femininity, I really rejected drag in my life really yeah because i felt like everyone was just like oh you you should be a drag queen like everyone was so like fixated on like telling me like that that's who i had to be Mm -hmm. you know within the community and like that really bothered me a lot because and it was funny so like my first like boyfriend boyfriend was actually a drag queen you know Mm -hmm. and like we would sort of get into these debates like a lot because he was like, oh, you know, like, you should just, like, be a drag queen or, like, try to encourage me. But, like, I was, like, just so anti, like, the idea. Like, I never wanted to have breasts. Like, that was, yeah. like, not a thing for me. Like, I mean, you also can't dance. So. I mean, maybe I would have learned. Um <laughs> In that moment, who knows? But like my identity, like I wanted to be more of like a 90s supermodel that was like super fast-chested, you know? And like that was sort of like my image of like 
feminine beauty at the time. Cause I think it honestly, it just like is what I connected the most with. Like, right. you know, maybe like one of my parts was not the same, but that's what I, I when I looked at models, like, like, like that's a good old, like Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. yeah. You know, like even Naomi and like, mm-hmm. you know, Linda Evangelista, like they all like Kate Moss, like they're all like kind of like, they're so beautiful, but they were like, you know, mm-hmm. they were, they were tiny. Right. And so was I, I was like tall and lean, just like them. Um, so it was like interesting, like, so, but it would like bother me because like a lot of the time I would like go out and, you know, I would do my makeup and I would wear an outfit, but then like people would be like making fun of me being like, oh, like your drag is like so bad. And I was like, I'm not a drag queen. Like, and I would get like so mad about it that like everyone would try to like kind of tell me like what I had Mm. to do. So I feel bad, I think in many ways, because I really sort of like rejected, I think like relationships I think I could have had with drag queens because like I didn't want to be friends with drag queens because. In, in many ways, because I just didn't want to be associated with being a drag queen, right, which right. is interesting. And it was like well, with my own internalized, like femme queer phobia. I, you know? I can see, I can see why people would do it because the fashion and uh, like um, the artistic side of drag is almost very much your fashion forward and like artistic side that you put forward in your fashion. So I, I mm-hmm. mean, I can see like the revelance, but I can also see why it like, would piss you off. Yeah, it would, it would just, it would be annoying, you know? But Mm -hmm. then like, and I also think like, because of that, I really sort of like held myself like back in terms of how like far I would push my femininity Mm -hmm. as well, because like, I just didn't want to be labeled a drag queen. Like it was just like, I wanted to be, you know, like eventually, you know, the word androgynous sort of came into our language. And I was like, okay, like that's me. Which which is so crazy now because like, even look at the uh, like evolution of drag queens, right? Mm -hmm. um, having like socks as breasts and, yeah. like, and like, but you so know, many but, but queens now, now like, and drag queens like, don't. But I was gonna say, yeah. but like to chest plates to like now even on drag race, yeah, right. Like a lot of uh, are not putting on totally. Like there, there's so much more androgyny. I yeah. think like within drag now, it's mm-hmm. like come such a long way. Before it was like, you know, I think of our generation, like drag very much was like you're impersonating uh like a diva mm-hmm. you know for for like female drag like that's sort of like what drag was about at that time you know and there wasn't sort of this like space you know like i think club kids like existed but like that was still like a very progressive thing mm-hmm. happening in mm-hmm. new york and not really like happening in toronto right, right. i think and really until personally i think like until you know i think the sodom party was created like in Toronto. And I think that that's was like a space that really like fostered the club kid. I mm-hmm. think in Toronto, like yeah, yeah. Um, that it was sort of this like safe space, I think for people to just express themselves however they wanted, it was already a costume party. So like everyone was kind of doing their version of whatever that costume sort of looks like. And it was less about drag, I think like mm-hmm. in that moment, but I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think like the comparison of it. Um, Okay, so then, okay, so you've now done drag for the first time, and, like, so what what happened? Like, where did it go from, like, that first moment? Like, were you like, I'm never going to do this again, or you were like, okay, oh, yeah, I'm, every, I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah, no, like, every Wednesday or Thursday night or whatever the Drag King night was, is I was, like, sneaking out and going out, um, and then doing, you know... Um, if anybody's listening and they remember, do you, I don't know whether you were in Toronto at the time, do you remember the homo hop? Yes. The homo hop at five. Yeah. So the homo hop, such a gay name, you know, <laughs> right? But anyways, the homo hop had um, a pre-party usually for anybody under the age of 19. So you could go under the age of 19 and between, you know, whatever, nine and 
midnight. It yes. was like on 19 and under. And then it was like all ages <clears throat> after whatever, 10 o'clock. So then I started getting booked at like 15 or 16, 17 at, uh, at the homo hop to do like drag King numbers. And then I was, you know, getting booked at like buddies. And then, um, eventually I turned 19 and could actually get into bars. So then I was just getting more, more, um, gigs that way. And then, um, I eventually had through my twenties, I eventually had like a solid, um, show on Wednesday nights at the old zippers and then Thursday nights at cruise and tango. So, I was part of like one of the original, like the, the TDK, the Toronto dry Kings. And then yeah, would perform with Queens on Thursdays. I love it. Did you ever have to like come out to your parents about being a drag King or like talk to them about it? Like, do you ever have to have that conversation? I, I told my mom, like I, I told my mom and like my mom, my parents were like awesome. My mom came to like some shows and then when my grandparents were both alive, like I did, um, Oh, what was that competition at Zelda's? It was like before drag race, like it was like before drag race, oh, like remember. really took off. But anyways, it was like an eight week competition at Zelda's and, uh, I did that for a couple years and each week had a different theme. And anyways, my, my grandfather would come, he was like 80 something. And my grandfather would come every day, every week, um, and order the coconut shrimp and a steam whistle beer and like cheer me on. So, and even my grandma came to one of my birthday shows. At Cruise and Tangos, and I think it's so beautiful that your family's mm. been so supportive. My mom still journey. does. Like my mom, yeah, came your mom like, loves it. My mom like came to Collingwood Pride, and it's so funny. Like after I had my chest surgery and stuff, like obviously I, I just, I always joke that I just became a glorified stripper. <laughs> just take my. It's definitely your style, of drag. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, um, and then she would always she would just tip me. But I remember like that the first couple of times she would be like, "Take your shirt off." I'm like, "Mom, this is weird." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. My mom trying to help me get the bills. So like looking back, I guess, like over your sort of like career and drag, do you think that, you know, being a drag king really helped you like discover, I think, like who you are within your transness? Yeah, totally. Like I started doing drag after I had met other queer individuals and and really understood what like what trans was. Mm -hmm. And I, I think being a drag king so early on just really helped um, solidify like this is yes, I'm living as a boy right now, but mm -hmm. like living more authentically and like having that kind of vision of like what I want to look like and, and all of that. And it just gave me a, like a, a community to kind of grow up in and then just be safely, I kind of guess, discovering myself there mm -hmm. and the different journeys I've had through my twenties. Was there like a part of the community that like rejected you in any way for like wanting to be a drag king? Well, I like, no, no. I don't know. Because you were like, a, you would have technically like, been, because like, were you identifying as a lesbian at that time or like bisexual or like, what was your? No, like, because I guess I had transitioned. So I was still like, just straight. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, we haven't really talked about the differences either between a drag king and a drag queen. So like yeah. a drag king is um, somebody who identifies as a female who is uh, dressing up or presenting as a male persona mm -hmm. as a drag queen is the opposite as, um, somebody who identifies as male, uh, presenting and, and, um, dressing up and, and stuff as a, as a female. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, I, I, I want to say maybe the lesbian community was kind of giving me a bit of a pushback, mm -hmm. obviously, because they're there to see women dressing up in a masculine persona, mm -hmm. not necessarily a trans man, 
you know, being a male entertainer, I guess at that point. And I think that was like my journey through it. Right. Like me being so young and like at the beginning of my transition, you know, a lot of the spaces I felt very like included in and then, you know, getting further and further into my transition, I felt like I had to kind of justify why I was in certain spaces now Mm -hmm. or like, you know, cause when I walk into a bar, people are, you know, just, they don't really expect me to be part of a, a drag king rotation, I guess. So now I just kind of call myself more of a male entertainer. And like, it's interesting for me too to watch like the evolution of drag kings. Cause mm-hmm. like when I started, the drag kings were very much like, you know, just dressing up as your average guy, you mm-hmm. know, like jeans, baggy shirts, um, jerseys, you know, not a whole lot of like bling where like drag queens always have had this like very much theatrical. Yeah, super over the top. Super over the top outfits. And now it's like drag kings. And it was very political back then when I started, honestly. Like there was a lot of like politically done um, numbers for whatever was going on or, you know, for trans empowerment and stuff like that. And, um, for the lesbian community and, and, and then it kind of got into more just like having a good time, right? Like the dancing music and let's just dance and have a good time and do shots and party and, and all that where now I'm finding that like, there's a lot of drag Kings out there that are like putting in, if not more effort into like their makeup, like some of these drag Kings now that can do makeup, it's nuts. Like it's, it's blows my mind. Totally. I forget the King's name on Instagram, but like they've, I've showed you their profile. Oh, the Johnny Depp one. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And was like, oh my, like legit. And the like leprechaun, Mm -hmm. I was like, what the fuck? But it's great. Like, it's it's amazing to see that level of um, drag kind of make full circle now. And I've always thought that king like queens obviously get way more recognition than drag kings Mm -hmm. do i find that it's very hard for a king to get like a space to have a show and you know and maybe the majority of individuals don't find it as entertaining now i don't know whether it's just because like the costuming but a drag king is like it's so much fun like it's just a good time i think kings just want to party like they just want like a good time and like to dance around and yeah but i mean like I think it just like, it depends, right? Like I, I definitely, you know, it's funny to see you in a space where there's like all of these Queens and, you know, and then like, <laughs> you know, you show it how it's done, you know? And, but I think that's it. It's like any type of drag. I think that there's just sort of like, there needs to be like a level of performance there, but I agree because I think like drag Kings maybe aren't as like flashy or whatever. It's like, you know, it, it's unfortunate, you know, 
watching how oftentimes like you've just been a second like a, a second thought or an afterthought you know like oh when, God, like, when booking totally. things which is like so frustrating but oh, like the most frustrating part is like you know offering because you know certain you know events or spaces have been and short on you know a performer and it's mm-hmm. like i haven't done drag in like I don't know. It was like going on seven years or something before, you know, this summer kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I've, I'm like, share, I just keep on coming out of retirement when somebody asks me to do things. Cause I, I genuinely enjoy it. I love like performing and I love like, you know, being in the spotlight and just like making everybody else happy and just, you know, doing my thing and, and dancing around and acting an idiot, you know, like it's, it's great. But like to offer and then to be like, and it's not like I haven't done anything with my drag career like i performed at world pride in toronto mm-hmm. i performed in winnipeg for the gay straight alliance with like Adore delano from rupaul's drag race and you know i've won labat blue entertainer of the year back in like 2009 against queens yeah you have I tens beat, of titles like i beat out drag queens for that you know mm-hmm. and like um a whole bunch of stuff i've come second like or like runner up to the i can't remember the zelda's competition name but like that and mm-hmm. it's not like i i'm i've had two shows yeah. I've been on post, you know what I mean? And it's like, I have all these credentials and to offer being like, Hey, like, I know you guys are short, you know, why? Like, give me a shot. I know you don't yet. Yeah, whatever. Here's my videos. Here's whatever here you want to see. And, uh, just kind of getting passed over. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like important, you know, it's just like for any sort of creating like, you know, a queer event or, you know, you wanting to support like our community. It's like, you know, there is certain members of the community that get more recognition than Mm -hmm. others. And it's just like, you know, it's an important moment to take of like, you know, how can I like really create a diverse space? And, you know, I think drag, especially like when planning drag events, it's like super important to like make sure that you also have drag kings there and it's not just a queen show. Yeah. And like, not, it's important for representation. And I mean, even now, like, the cis drag queens Mm -hmm. that's amazing i'm glad that like you know biological women are Mm -hmm. embracing that side of drag it's great but the same thing has to go for the opposite side like drag kings offer just as much yes and will bring in a different crowd and an audience and like you can have a trans man perform with drag kings you can have a non-binary or queer Mm -hmm. or whatever it is right like so absolutely and i think at the end of the day you know i think that drag It really is, I think, a space for a lot of, like, people within our community to discover who they are, you know? Like, look at, I mean, it's just, there's so many people that I look at that, you know, like, drag was the only place that was sort of safe for them before maybe they even transitioned, you know? Like, I look at, you know, actress, like, Cassandra James, like, from Toronto, and Mm -hmm. just, you know, seeing how she's gone through her evolution, you know? Like... I remember meeting her when I was younger and being like, oh my gosh, like you're the most like beautiful human, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's amazing. You know, now she's like, you know, acting in daytime television and it's super cool to see, you know, that she was able to sort of go on this sort of journey, but that drag was where she really started, you know? So I don't know. It's just a good safe space to, to figure out yourself and even just play around with gender, Mm -hmm. right? Just gender norms in general. I mean, you do it with me almost every weekend when you make me do those fiance style swaps. Well, I mean, it's, it's, if we, okay. 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 If we get like a million likes on a video, yes, I'll shave my beard off and you can put me in drag. Oh my God. 
the pressure. Everyone heard it here first. <laughs> and then I'm going to save it all so I can glue it back on. After I am we're done. going to regret <laughs> saying that. I feel, I've done drag. I, first of all, I've done girl drag before. Have you? you? No. Okay. So this one time, again, Zelda's the, the competition. There was other drag kings uh, in that year. And for one of the weeks, it was, um, we had a swap. So if you were a drag queen, you had to do drag king for the week. And if you were a drag king, you had to be a drag queen. And I don't think anybody expected me to like take it as seriously as I did. Um, at the time, uh, pussycat dolls were really big. Mm -hmm. And one of the big drag queens in Toronto, Heavenly Heights was always doing pussycat dolls and like looked like them and everything. Um, so I took the time to learn the entire choreography to wet and I learned it in heels. Oh my God. I had another drag queen full on paint my makeup, shave my beard. I wonder if I can have, I have pictures, but literally, and I did it. And I did the entire choreo in those six inch heel boots and nailed it in a little like, like, <laughs> like smallest of like kilts and like a corset. That. Cause that's what uh, have wore. So I impersonated her doing pussycat dolls. I love it. I yeah. love it. You know, it, it, this just like sparked my, my, uh, just like a, something I wanted to say with, I just finished reading like Gigi gorgeous and God mix like book. And I thought it was really interesting, like in the book, you know, after Gottmik like transitioned, you know, sort of like him talking about like him still wanting to do drag, but like his sort of like version of drag, you know, at the time. But something that was like really interesting that he was talking about was sort of like in this sort of moment of when he was like doing his makeup that he didn't want to have like, he didn't want his makeup to be too pretty. So that's why he always chose like white. White. So that it was like this ambiguous, like part of like neutralizing, you know, like his face. And so that it always had that sort of like slight clownness like to it. Mm. But still, like the makeup is gorgeous, but then you have like, the white makeup, you know? Yeah, so I was, say, I was like, God makes makeup is really good. So beautiful, you know? But but it was like, you know, he he was sort of saying in the book how it's this sort of like, you know he needs like a balance of like the masculine and feminine, you know, mm -hmm. like within it. anyway, but I think it's amazing, you know, like look for someone that has transitioned, but is still able to sort of like embrace that feminine side. So I don't know. I, I think, I think it's amazing. And, and again, I think it just goes to show the spectrum, I think of celebration that, you know, I think drag needs to have. Right. So agreed. That's important. So <laughs> sidebar question before you transition, did you ever have sex in drag? <laughs> I was 15. You no know, sex then? Well, yeah. You said you lose like, your virginity. Then. I know, but no. You never had sex and drag? I wouldn't really... See, this is where, like... I don't know whether it was ever really drag for me, though. Okay. Right? Because, like, it's, at one point, it was just always... Like, I was just being me. Mm -hmm. Totally. But, like, I'm trying to think. I was just, like, imagining, like, you know, you're... You're shaved off like mohawk, like sticking to areas of someone <laughs> or something. I'm like, <laughs> I was hoping there was a juicy story of, you know, oh, who knew spirit gum could be so uh, sensual on the nipples? By the time that I was like actively picking people up in the bar, you have to remember, I was in the bar at 16 know, with everybody right? else. It's like 1921. I feel like there's some legality issues with that. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> Fair, okay. yeah. 
fair. <laughs> so no, but like by the time that I was like <laughs> of age and picking people up, I, I already had like sideburns and stuff. Okay. But fair. like picking people up at a drag show after I performed. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like every time you perform, like you have like a lineup of people that all just want to fuck you. <laughs> And I'm like, hello, I'm right here. See this ring? <laughs> Tell the true. story. What story? Oh, which one? <laughs> okay, Collingwood Bride last uh, uh, last summer. It was pretty funny. Tyler. Oh, yeah, I had I had, <laughs> I had somebody who like, came up after I did like a 15-minute like show or whatever and came up after and was like, um, was <laughs> it called me daddy and basically was just like um i'll let you do whatever you want to me daddy and i was like pardon it was pretty funny he's like you heard me i was like okay Ugh, it's so funny it makes me laugh so much uh I get all the, yeah, before, like, before when I was into women, I would never get anybody, like, picking me up in drag, and then it's always guys. It's always been guys. That's so interesting. I don't know whether they think it's, like, a, um, I don't know, like, a a dominance thing, I guess, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I find that shocking, though, because, like, I feel like women just go bananas for you, like, when you do your performances. Like, I've just, like, never seen, like, women just, like, lose their mind over you and throw money at you so much. So (laughs) I find that, like, so shocking that they don't try to pick you up. No. I find it funny that you say that. Yeah. That it's the amount of straight women now. But I guess, like, again, my drag has evolved from just, you know, whatever, being 15 and doing Stacey's mom to basically a, like a less glorified version of magic money yeah but you're so good at dancing and so, flipping and all that stuff so yeah i don't know that's pretty cool oh, so interesting so like you know it's funny so like going back for me yeah like, have you had sex and drag <laughs> have you have you miles so like have as, you ever had somebody buy you lingerie to put on <laughs> yes i have <laughs> um you know like so as i sort of was on my like club kid journey i think it like it definitely like evolved you know where i finally like i think like reached a point i think in just understanding who i was that i think fa- i became more comfortable with like how feminine i was so you know so it was interesting because like i would start going to fashion week in toronto and you know and i would like wear i was super inspired by like when lady gaga was going through her like Moogle, meat dresses not oh. no <laughs> was going through her like Mugler <laughs> moment where she was like wearing all those like see-through lace bodysuits. so i literally would go to the sex store buy these like full body like fishnet bodysuits. i'd sew the vagina hole up so like you know so my dick wasn't falling out and i would like put a little like latex like speedo over top of it and you know i would like either wear like a giant feather neck piece or like a giant mohawk or like i don't know i was just always wearing these bodysuits like to fashion week and like the the heelless shoes you know it was very like my gaga tilda swinton era But it was, like, so funny because, like, you know, like, everyone just, I loved, like, the attention, you know? Like, I would literally go there and it would just be, like, you know, 50-plus photographers, like, all taking my pictures and wanting me to pose on a Mercedes-Benz, like, car that was, like, sponsoring there. Like, it was just (laughs) bananas. Like, I'll never forget those sort of moments of me showing up at Fashion Week. I feel like you had your pretty pretty woman moments yeah like it was cool like i i really liked it and i I liked the attention that i got from it like you know i think a lot of 
it was interesting in those moments because like a lot of, I think straight men would like try to pick me up or like whatever. Like it was like a lot of questioning people like at that time. Um, you know, and then I started like wearing some wigs and stuff like now and again, like I, I kind of had a few like trans like women friends that I was sort of hanging out with. And I think I just like identified like more with them. And I, and I was really like questioning at that moment in my life if I wanted to transition. Like I was really like asking myself that because, you know, I I definitely felt the most like comfortable like in my body at that time, like within my sort of mess or my my femininity mm-hmm. and um, so it was fun, you know, to kind of like go to events and just be so hyper feminine. And, you know, like I loved it. I loved wearing the little dresses and I loved showing up my body. Like I was always like super naked all of the time. And I find that so interesting because earlier you said that you were you were never interested in like wearing like, you know, like a breastplate. But then, you know, later on, you were kind of like really questioning whether... Yeah, like, you, it would, I, you know, I never, it's something, like, I've never had, like, body dysphoria for breasts. Like, I just, I don't know why I've never, like, connected with that. But, like, I really loved, I don't know, like, I love showing off my ass and, like, you know, you like. good ass. Oh, thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. You bounce quarters off that dump truck. <laughs> so, you know, like, I think I've always, like, loved highlighting that, you know, like, within my fashion and stuff at the time. But, I don't know, I think it was, like, a pivotal part of, like, my my sort of journey of discovering my own gender like expression and Mm. you know but I think I think it was interesting because like I you know like I really went to like such an extreme with my femininity but then like as I sort of like stood in that for a bit I just like I don't know it it just like it wasn't it it was too far you Mm. know like and I felt like it wasn't resonating with me and like to your point earlier like you know like I was like sleeping with this guy who like really just wanted me to be you know like like a woman with a dick and like it was just like and I don't know like after I sort of like moved through that sort of journey of like hooking up with this this sort of guy just I don't know I felt like I need to go backwards I started growing a beard and like (laughs) was like okay I want to figure out like what what Miles is like with a beard and it was sort of like the end of my modeling era too where I just like I stopped sort of like I left my modeling agency and I just like I wanted to sort of like discover, I think like who I was like, not as such a like hyper feminine presenting person every single day. Yeah, totally. I mean, I get that. I mean, after doing drag for like 17 years and like being in the community, I just need to like, I also need to take a break of, of doing shows. Everybody just knows your business and Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I'm not, can't stay up till 4 a.m. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of drama. Like, Uh, so much. Oh my God. So much drama. So much. Like, you just become old enough where you're like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, it's like, I don't know how the queens that are like literally the same age as us, like, deal with it because there's so much drama all the time. So much drama. It's just like, I think people just don't realize is that like, there's enough work for everyone. And like, by tearing people down, you're actually creating like less work for people. And like, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. The drama will never... No. People will, like, constantly try to, like, tear everyone apart to try to get the spot. Of course. You know? It's, it's unfortunate. But to end this episode, I'm just, like, curious if you could talk about, like, what what your relationship with drag is now and, like, what that looks like for you. Uh, relationship dra- with drag now for me, I think, is, like, once in a blue moon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, people have asked if I would do, like, a monthly show and stuff. I probably would. I just think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really great to be involved in the community again that way and, you know, meet people. And, again, like, I I just love having a good time. Like, I love just doing a show and, like, just making people, like, smile or laugh or 
whatever, get the old ladies engines revving, you know, getting the $5 bills. <laughs> but, um, it's been good. I'm glad I had the journey that I did through drag to like really kind of put a foot in the door for my transition for mm. me. Um, but I'm glad that I've kind of taken a step back and I've been able to watch, you know, the evolution from like the generations below me come mm. up and stuff and like see that and just, you know, just be, uh, I just like to support, like I, I would still go to drag shows, right? Like it's fun to just to go and, and, uh, support other people's, uh, passions and hobbies. So I would, I mean, Tyler Uptight will always come out. Okay. One more question because I just thought about it and I just like, I have to talk about it because I think it's so funny, but isn't it wild how, when you leave like the, like sort of like club community, Mm -hmm. you know, like you go from like it being your focus, you leave it, how quickly people forget who you are. Oh my God. So quickly. Like, it's so weird to me, you know, like I used to be such a bar star in my day. And then like, I feel like the youth, like don't know who I am now (laughs) at all. I know, but like, I, I feel like both of us like changed that environment. Like, to be what they're celebrating in, but yeah. like yet they have no idea like what we've done or like, 100%. you know, like, I don't know. I just think, I think it's like so interesting. 100%, 100%. It's funny enough. Like I, I, I posted a video of me doing drag on TikTok not too long ago, mm-hmm. maybe a couple months ago now, but I thought the same thing. I was like, oh man, nobody's going to whatever. It's not going to do well and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And I had so many comments from people being like, Oh my God, I actually, we, yeah, I used to come see you at uh, you know, uh, zippers or cruise or whatever. But they were and, all your age. Yeah. Yeah. But they're all my age, but a hundred percent. Like if I were to go, I'm well, zippers isn't around anymore, but like if I were to go to cruise and tagos, like you used to be able to like walk in and like know everybody, they'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? I know. It's like, who's, who's this old bald guy coming in pretending he knows everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just like kills me. I'm like, you know, we, we need to have like, queer university where we we teach the the queer babies the history of uh of, of our, our queer history you know like and is. there's so much beyond us too right like there's, there it's just so interesting i uh i was talking to my friend brian there he was also saying that uh, he just did an interview for um something in regards mm-hmm. to like the drag king history and depending on who they interviewed um would give a whole other version of like what that history oh, looked totally. like and i'm like when i heard that i was like what yeah, yeah. It's, it's so crazy but it's uh i hope it keeps going and you know i don't want to we won't end on a bad note but i feel like the 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 purpose of drag is to you know, educate and spread love and give that um, one individual that may need to see somebody in the community a platform to be to be seen. Um, nothing more than that. Exactly. Drag is an expression of love, not sex. That's it. Was RuPaul say? You're born naked. Everything else is that. The rest drag? is drag. There you go. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.